Hello, listeners. My name is my name is Mike, and my name is Austin, and this is the Rough Draft Podcast. Today on the podcast, listeners, Austin will be reading a story for us. It's a a story about things that he does not like. Other than the wasted bourbon, I wasn't upset. I unzipped my bag, and the potpourri of alcohol rose to my sinuses. With the pressure change, I should have figured the cork would have popped free, I recalled the bus ride on my honeymoon in Jamaica when I dropped a bottle of rum and made the whole bus smell. I guess I'm throwing in a load of laundry, I shout to the kitchen. I washed all the clothes before we left, Chelsea responded. I spilled bourbon in my bag, I retorted. Oh, babe. Chelsea always has the ability to empathetically respond gently. I appreciate that about her. My arms full of laundry, I carry the clothes to the washing machine as the sharp, sweet smell wafts into my face with each step. I drop them into the machine and start the cycle. I have a brief thought where I wouldn't mind it if my clothes smelled this way, but then I come to the conclusion that people might think I'm a drunk. I like bourbon. I honestly can't remember the first time I had bourbon though. This was more so because whenever that did happen, it was uneventful. Maybe my father gave me a taste of a drink when I was young. Maybe I had it at that time right after turning 21 when all the alcohol in the universe sits available and you try everything. I do know that whenever I did, like many people, I didn't like it. I hadn't developed a taste for it. When People don't like alcohol. The common response is, you just need to develop a taste for it. We create drinks to mask the taste of alcohol. I've sat at bars and watched bartenders implore patrons, you can't even taste the alcohol. And I wonder, then why drink? The washing machine had filled and the water, the washing machine had filled with water and beeped at me, imploring me to close the lid. I closed it and walked back upstairs, and Chelsea was cooking dinner. Our son Everett is playing in the living room. I took the bottle of bourbon that had been in my luggage and carried it into the kitchen. Fortunately, there was enough left for one last pour. I sat at the kitchen table and emptied its contents into a glass. Chelsea turned away from the stove, leaned against the counter, and sighed. I took a drink and sighed. Do you ever drink to unwind? Chelsea asked. I enjoy a drink at the end of the day sometimes, I respond. I continued asking her, do you remember your first drink? She paused, thinking, and finally said, my family took a cruise to Bermuda and I got some tropical drink. Did you like it? I continued. Yeah, it tasted like juice, she answered. Chelsea sniffs the air and looks over into the living room. Everett, do you need to use the potty? 
Everett, our son, stands straight up and shouts, no! We're trying to potty train Everett right now. He doesn't like it. I take him upstairs to the small children's toilet we bought at Ikea. He tells me he doesn't like it. We eat dinner, and I put Everett to bed and return downstairs to my glass. Chelsea asks if I would like a cup of coffee. We eat dinner, and I put Everett to bed and return downstairs to my glass. Chelsea asks if I would like a cup of coffee. I'm making decaf. Is that okay? She qualifies. When people make decaf, I often say, then why drink coffee? That's fine. It's late. I respond. We sit in silence drinking from our mugs. The first mug of coffee I ever had was at my grandmother's house. We had finished eating dinner, and she asked the classic question if anyone wanted coffee. I piped up, I do. In the classic way that adults do, my parents turned to me and said, you do? Yes, I confidently responded. To my surprise, my grandmother actually brought me a mug and cream and sugar. I made my cup and they all watched as I took that first sip. I kept my face from twisting up as the bitter taste washed across my tongue and I swallowed. You like it, they all asked. Yes, of course, I lied. I didn't like it. I drank the whole mug. We finished our coffee and headed to bed. When I was a kid, I longed for summertime. In summer, I had the freedom to stay up late and sleep in till noon. I like to stay up late. Everett often implores us when it's time for bed, a couple more minutes. Most nights, I don't get a full eight hours. I don't like that. When I was a kid, I wanted to go to 7-Eleven and buy bags of Honey Barbecue Fritos and 12 packs of Surge. I liked those snacks. Now I have a hard time finishing a soda by myself most times. I feel bloated. I could eat a whole bag of chips, but I feel heavy. I don't like those snacks as much now. I used to like to get drunk in high school because I wanted to belong. I don't like to now. I used to have to wake up early to catch the bus. I didn't like it. Now I wake up early to read. When my friend Brian and I first met, we didn't like each other. We just had coffee the other week and he told me that he wanted to be a pastor. When I first met my wife, I thought she was playing a prank on me. I balked at the idea of a cute girl actually talking to me. Before we fall asleep, I say to Chelsea, you know, the older I get, the more I think that the sweet things get too sweet, but the bitter things get better. First things first, the ending. Very nice. Was it good? That's a really good end, closing line. Yeah. And I actually, I, that actually like was a conversation wow. that we had. I, I wanted to... So profound. I know, right? Uh, in the... Uh, I guess in the list of many undone projects that I have, I wanted to start a blog. It was going to be called um, The Sweet Gets Too Sweet, But the Bitter Gets Better. Mm, um, that's nice. Yeah. That was years ago I, I said that. We, so we had that conversation. Um, at the beginning of this story, though, 
because I, it was a tweet actually. Yeah. And I texted you because uh-huh. I'm horrible grammatically like, how to phrase a sentence, uh-huh. but I couldn't think of the proper way to say this. And I texted you two different sentences. Right. And you said that one is the better the one, one that made that, the tweet and that made this story. Yes. Which one, can you read it again? Yes. It says, other than the wasted bourbon, I wasn't upset. Right. And you responded, you said the second one, and you said that would also make a great first line in a story. Yeah. And so here we are. Here we is. What is the what is the other version of that sentence that you were thinking about doing? Um, I wasn't upset other than the wasted bourbon. Yeah. Something about it, I don't even know if I can describe it, but just the, my instinct is that the mm-hmm. other than the wasted bourbon coming first is a more interesting well, way to set it up. Yeah, especially for like a starting thing. It's a good like lead in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess initially, like I, I originally thought like I was going to talk more about alcohol and like how yeah. we when we like there's that classic thing of like the first time you drink. You're like, I don't like it. Like, Uh, my... Well, it's because it's so different than anything. Yeah. Like, soft drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Uh uh, you know, and and you go from adolescence to, like, adulthood where, you know, sugary soda drinks, and it's like, here's this bitter thing. You should try this. Yeah. Um, uh, Because, you know, uh, my wife, she'll say, like, I didn't like beer, like, Uh when she first had it. But she likes likes it now. Yeah. But it's, like, that kind of beginning point where... It's it's this interesting idea of it, out of that kind of came like this thought of well if we don't like it why do we do it and yeah. then it's this idea of okay like there's this oh this cool factor but then I wanted to go deeper than that because that kind of seemed more like sort of, oh like you know you keep on doing these things that you don't like because they're cool kind of a thing but but then I thought well there are things that you do in life that initially you don't like yeah. Um, like going to bed or getting up early, like, you know, right. Napping. Na- yeah. Napping. Oh, I'd love a nap. <sighs> I love that. Um, but I these, nap every day. But so I wanted to kind of take it like kind of that way. Cause I'm, and I'm not like hark. I'm not saying like alcohol is all in all like good, but I feel like For it's sure. too easy to just like hit on the, like, why well, even drink this if you don't like this? But the truth is you do develop tastes for things that initially you're like upturned to. Like I do enjoy coffee now. I do enjoy, you know, bourbon. I do enjoy those bitter things, those things that... I think that a lot of times um, we're kind of averse to new things Mm. regardless of how they are. Like we're, it's almost like just because the thing is new, I'm already preconditioned to Mm. not like it. Yes. The very first time I try it. I mean, sometimes we're like, we really want to like something the first time we try it for mm-hmm. the, like how we're, you know, yeah. appearing for other people or whatever. But yeah. I think that other times we're apprehensive about change. Yeah. I think we're, yeah. uh, for, by and large, we're, we're creatures of habit. Yeah. It's, I, 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 it makes me think of um, my younger brother. Uh, if he doesn't know if he likes something or not he'll his automatic response is that he's allergic to it (laughs) so like sometimes i'll ask him if he wants to try the coffee i'm drinking or Mm -hmm. you know or something like that for example and he'll be like oh no i'm allergic to coffee yeah uh but then he tried coffee ice cream one time Uh and he loved it so it's just like yeah we're just because it's unknown we automatically it's safer maybe to say oh i don't like that 
yeah, and that's kind of why, like, I wanted to kind of delve more into that area, you know, the, the different ideas. You know, this idea of, you know, you send a kid off to summer camp. And they're like, I don't want to go. And yeah. they go, and they're like, these are my best friends. Yeah, an hour later, they're like, yeah. having fun. Exactly. So, yeah. like, that, that Or kind preschool, of... you know, the kid's crying because mom's leaving or whatever. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally, like, that kind of idea. Your story isn't really about, like, first drink experiences of different kinds. Coffee, sure. alcohol, whatever. It's kind of about the circumstances that lead us into those experiences and, like, how we build relationship based on uh, those kinds of things, right? Hmm. Like, like your experiences with these different drinks were tied to like memories that you had with family who like brought you into this, right? Do you think that's fair to say? Like you talked to, was it your aunt or your, your grandma or something? My grandmother. That, yeah. yeah, with the coffee. Mm-hmm. And um, you're like reaching out to Chelsea in this moment where... Uh, asking her about like her first drink experiences and her first drink was like with a with on a family cruise yeah um so you're like trying to kind of tie together these experiences with something that's deeper within the Mm -hmm. people yeah i mentioned this to you earlier um that i think what i could see you having better effect writing is instead of short stories, like fiction, mm-hmm. kind of singular narratives, is something closer, so kind of moving away from, like, traditional short stories into more, like, essay territory. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that as, as you were reading this story and how, how this particular story could apply to that. And I think some ways that what you, what the ways that I think what you are writing sounds more like an essay mm-hmm. are when you kind of step out of the narrative, so you're not just talking about the time where you spilled bourbon in your suitcase and then you talk to Chelsea about it, you kind of step out of that and you're reflecting on how that, like in the story, you're telling your audience that that makes you think about a different time in your life. Hmm. Um, And you're saying, it made me think about this, and then kind of helping your audience to tie those two pieces those two strands together mm-hmm. and um, I think the way that you step out of the realm of the smaller story to try to tell the audience something that's bigger than the story makes it feel more like an essay like your story isn't about the time you spilled bourbon really right you know um, and I think that's what makes it feel a little bit more like an essay whereas like if I were to tell this story I would probably focus mostly just on that night where you spilled bourbon in your suitcase and like the process of you discovering that and figuring out what you're going to do to clean it and then putting the clothes in the laundry and then maybe putting Everett to bed and then, you know, having the, having the, the rest of that bourbon and then having coffee with Chelsea and then going to bed. Like that's really all I would kind of stay in that evening, but you take that as an opportunity to talk about other experiences that are tied together like more thematically and not mm. like structurally. Yeah. Well, no, now that I even think about it, like you use the word like vignettes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing like I'm really I really yeah. like that and I think that's because And that's what you did in the last story, yeah. the first episode of the season. Yeah. It, it was very much that same kind of what I am calling essay feel to it. Yeah. No, I 
You're using think, these stories as tools to talk about something bigger than those stories. Yeah, and I think part of that, I guess my bent is like, I am like huge on like context. Mm -hmm. um, like I remember when I was first listening to music and things like that, like I was always like, I would listen to a song and I'd be like, I really like this song. What do they mean by this? Yeah. And then like I'd go on to like different, all any website I could find that would give me the meaning behind it. And so I was always looking for like meanings behind things and what, what the author was intending or what the lyricist or yeah. whatever the songwriter was trying to say. Um, and in the same way, like when I would read, like I both loved and hated Lord of the Rings <laughs> for the reason that he, there are so many like little aside points that he yeah. makes where I'm like, what is that about? And I'd like research into that and he so never forever wrote, to, oh, he yeah. like never wrote anything on that. And so I'd be like, darn you, J.R. Tolkien, like, because I'd want to know. Yeah. And I think so when I write, I want to... You like, want to do that if I'm for your audience. If I'm discussing yeah. something, I want to delve into that. Right. Um, and part of that is, like, my idea of, like, I really hold to, like, words matter and what you say yeah. matters. And I want to make sure what I say is always clear. I guess, yeah. in a sense. I think it's clear to me, at least, right. that everything in your stories, you're trying to you're trying to make connections. Yeah. And so you're not afraid to step outside of the of the particular story you're telling to tell another story or to bring in an, a vignette or an anecdote or something, yeah. in hmm. order to to make those connections clear for your audience. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it feel a little bit more like an essay I think to it, me yeah. than like a singular story. I think it's, uh, I think also like this time of life, I'm a, in a yeah. very introspective, reflective. I'm very much more reflective yeah. on things. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think that's good. I think you should lean into that. Um, but I have a couple ideas for how to maybe make that even stronger and kind of, I think you should, I think you should keep writing the same kinds of things you've been writing. I think they're interesting you're kind of plumbing more of the depths of your of your personal experiences by doing that. You're kind of you're you're bringing in more dynamic stories, like more dynamic experiences from your life, mm -hmm. weaving them together and kind of giving them new significance um, by comparing something that happened to you last week with something that happened to you when you were much younger. Instead of just focusing on the now, I think you're at a kind of a a point in your life maybe when you're trying to say what does what happened to me when I was a teenager mean for my life right now and what does what happened to me when I was newly married mean for me now as a like father of two you have yeah. a lot of good lived experiences and I think you've been throughout your life very reflect self-reflective so I think that like putting that to use is I think a thing that would serve your readers well I didn't know whether to delve more into like the idea of what I like liked when I was younger that I don't like now, like mm. this kind of idea, and then like what I do like now that I didn't like when I was younger, and kind of like flesh those out more, I guess. Um, kind of this idea of more description with it. Um, yeah. I liked, okay, so I liked the first half of the story, and then I, I liked the first half of the story more than I liked the second half of the story, um, 
but I like the close of the story. Um, I think that maybe where the story gets a little bit thin is when you move kind of from a more developed narrative into more of a list. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that could be fleshed out better. Because yeah. I kind of just like, we finished our coffee and I had we had the bed. But also like the reason why I did that as well is this kind of like we finished our coffee and had the bed. And then there's this like slur of like, when I was a kid, this. And then like I went to Everett, um, you know, yeah. saying like, he doesn't want to go to bed. But also there's this idea, there's a frantic nature kind of in that. There's like a flurry of kind of ideas. And oftentimes uh, night right before you go to bed, right. There is like all of the thoughts of the day that swim around your head. Yes. And so there's this side, there's this hectic idea within that. And that's kind of what I was trying to do with that. I wonder if there's a way, this would probably take more like developing of the conversation that you are having with Chelsea at the table when you go to sit back down. Yeah. Where you could, you could kind of frame all of those individual reflections that you have. Yeah. In a conversation with her. So, like, yeah. you're kind of saying them as part of the conversation as responses to prompts that she gives you or something like that. So that yeah, it kind I of comes naturally in the flow of the story, but it still gives you a chance to kind of say those I, things. Yeah, because I felt like... Instead um, of just kind of, like, inserting them. Yeah. You know? And also I wanted to flesh out more this idea of developing a taste for something. Yeah. I, I like that. Like, this idea, oh, you just need to develop a taste for it. Um, yeah. But it didn't really fit with talking about toilet. Well, pots. yeah, because, like, you don't develop a taste for using a toilet. Yeah, I just like the yeah. idea that. No, Everett, I, I, I like agree, the idea though. that Everett, like, specifically, like, will say, like, I don't like it. He'll, like, right. say, like, I don't like it. And so that's kind of what. But, yeah, yeah, like, I was kind of like, mm, maybe mm. you could talk something about how. It's got to develop a taste. Like, there are the some body. things that we develop a taste for that we're not at first inclined to do, but then, but, but developing that taste is a choice, but then there's some things that we have to learn to do out mm. of necessity. Yeah, I think, because that was another thought that I had, like, out of that thought with the potty training thing. It's like, well, I don't like, I don't like pooping on the potty either, <laughs> yeah. but I have to, you yeah. know, it's better than sitting in a diaper. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he also or hates going it. outside. Yeah, well, he also hates it when, like, we go to change him. Yeah. And we're like, well, we wouldn't have to change if you went on the pot. So anyways, it's yeah. neither here nor there. But um, yeah, so I think that's a good idea of fleshing more of that out within the conversation. Um, yeah, because I thought that that's good. And then because of this idea, the one that I think is good is like the coffee part because she's making coffee and I have that thought. Yeah, I agree. And so yeah. It, so it's, it is ground anchored in something that you are already talking about with her or experiencing with her. Yeah. That, so I, that's what, like, And I think the that's, catalyst. that's what I can, yeah, figure out yeah. that as far as that, as that goes. But, yeah. Nice. Thanks for uh, sharing your story this week. Of course, yeah. I'm excited to see a, a final draft version. It's a good outlet. I, I yeah. appreciate it. I, it whenever, when I'm busy and hectic, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But then once I do it, I'm like, oh, I'm happy I did this. Got to write 500 words a day. You do. I wrote 1,000. Yeah. Is that 1,000? It's 1,000 words. Good job. Um, yeah, normally I'm like, ooh, it's 500. Yeah, no, this is good. But yeah, it's, uh, it's good to write. It's, you gotta, I didn't, I, you don't like it at first, but then you like it. Yeah. <laughs>
500 words a day. That's right. Even if it sucks. It'll get better. <laughs>